and welcome back to the Coaching Couch Podcast, powered by Northeast Health and Performance. I am here with the usual suspects, but before I introduce these guys, we got a special guest this week. I'm going to let Manny bring him in, but I'm going to go through my normal intro, so I'm here with your owner and operator, Coach Manny. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, GM consigliere, Cameron Hudson. What's up, guys? Uh, so, um, yeah, our last podcast was pretty good. We wrapped up 2020. And uh, this is our first podcast of 2021, so we wanted to bring it in um, with a, with sort of a bang. So uh, Manny said, uh, you know, he had a good friend of his that he wanted to bring in. And uh, I said, shit, why not? So we're going to get it. after it. Um, I'll have Manny bring in our, our guest. All right. So uh, our guest today is a good friend of mine, a high school uh, wrestling teammate, a super knowledgeable guy in sports performance. I'll let him talk about himself a little bit more. But ladies and gentlemen, John Hoke of JVH Sports Performance. Um, all right. Well, first off, thank you guys for having me. Um, I troll on your uh, <laughs> podcast here. That's how I know you're friends with Manny. And I'm a big fan, <laughs> and I uh, I commend you guys because I, I always take away a lot of, a lot from uh, every every show. So big follower of you guys. But um, yeah, so I I own a uh, uh, sports performance facility, and you know basically I just was an athlete growing up, played multiple sports football, wrestling, and baseball, and always was obsessed with the training and the practice, you know, all the intensity and, and things like that, uh, which led me into college. Wait, before you even get into that, what sport did you like the most? Uh, or what, what so, were you the best at, I should say? Uh, it was baseball. Mm -hmm. My future, when I was in high school, my future, I thought, was in baseball, but I uh, loved everything about football, from practice to game film, you know, game day, all that stuff, every single thing, lifting, training. And then I had a deep passion and love for wrestling, but I didn't love everything about it probably because I was uh, rolling around and basically feeling like I was on my deathbed with Manny cutting weight too much a couple <laughs> of years. So that part wasn't fun. But uh, so that led me to play football in college. Okay. And uh, I was originally actually going to be a health ed major, a health and phys ed teacher, like Manny was. And then I changed my major to health promotion exercise science. Gotcha. Because I thought I was going to be a personal trainer and own a personal training studio. Because that's the only thing that was really available back in the uh, the heydays of 2007. And you went to uh, Western Connecticut, Western right? Connecticut, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, what position so did you play? Up there? I was a free safety. Ooh. Yeah. It's a head busser. Hitting people. It's like I know nothing about football. <laughs> yeah, man, like, you like, you the fuck are rim? you talking about, Jason? <laughs> is, is Did you hit a, a home run? Is it a basket? <laughs> now that was like a position that you got by choice, or they just figured out square peg, square hole type uh, well, of situation. Mm, they, I got moved around a lot, <clears throat> um, so I was a free safety, and we changed our defense and uh, to a three-three-five, and ended up being uh, what's called the rover, which I was essentially like a, a hybrid linebacker yeah, safety. Say, yeah, yeah, so so I got to move around and play a lot. Uh, all over the field, which was exciting and fun. Um, you know, even though it's one of the smaller guys. But I was just going to say, how big were you? Yeah, so it's funny because I was uh, captain of the team my junior and senior year. My junior year was myself and one other player on offense. He was a wide receiver. He was probably the most gifted wide receiver I ever played with. Yeah. He was 5'5", 145. Holy shit. Wow. I was 5'9". Manny, he's smaller than you. Yeah. I was 5'9", 180 in my head, but really probably 175. So we always said, like, it was funny because we'd go up, uh, you know, for the captains before the game. And the two captains for WestCon totaling about 300 pounds. And <laughs> they have four other captains for the other teams that are linebackers and, and linebackers. I just want to let our listeners know, all right, a rover, okay, 
tends to be a very athletic guy. All right. So I just want you guys to know that if you don't know football, Rover is a guy that really can get to any spot on the field. And when he gets there, he's usually laying the lumber. All right. So I don't want you guys to think that this man was running around here. And uh, it wasn't cracking heads. Uh, you don't say, get I respect it. that it's you know like, that. It's just not what like Rover and uh, what is it? Tropic Thunder? No, <laughs> not Tropic Thunder. Um, what's the basketball movie? Oh, it's wait, semi pro. Semi pro. Yeah, yeah. It's like Rover, coach, Rover, coach. <laughs> but like, I mean, Rover is legit a dog. Yeah. So I That's want what people the position to, was yeah, called. Yeah. They called it dog. The yeah. dogs. Like you. That's you, funny. Like if you know the sport of football. That rover is legit. It's so fun. I want it's people to just position. get a, a concept of what you know the man that we're sitting down with. I understand now. <laughs> I understand <laughs> it now. Are we talking soccer? <laughs> football or football so America? Again, how many home runs did you hit? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, you know you're at uh, Western Con, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, you said what was your major? I uh, was health ed. And then you switched it. Yeah. Well, why the pivot? Uh. You know, it was one class, actually. I had to do a, um, what do you call it, a mock lesson plan? What do you call it as a teacher? Demo lesson. Yeah, demo lesson. And I don't know, I got I got a B-plus on it because uh, just my delivery and my intensity and the look in my eyes or whatever while I was teaching was too intense for the for the class. And I was teaching my class, like the other students in my class who were our age, but they were supposed to be like ninth graders. And she said, I scared them, them away. Yeah, she said, I scared them away. <laughs> Get it, pal. And I'm, like, was and I'm revved like, up. I'm like, I can't. Like, this is who I am. I can't change it. Like, what, I can't change this. So I'm like, what else do I really want to do? And at the time, there wasn't really performance facilities. There was very few. I think CrossFit had just started, right? 2007, 2006. It, um, it became like more... Yeah, they're more. Yeah, yeah, so there wasn't like, you know, much function functional fitness, quote unquote. So I thought, you know, I'll be a personal trainer, or whatever. So let gotcha. me let me switch over to whatever that major is. It was exercise science, and took it from there. Uh, and I will say that I probably use less than one percent of what I learned in college at that time with that major because it wasn't what it is now. Gotcha. As far as the training for the training aspect, it was all like uh, American College of Sports Medicine, and you know, all those uh, textbook. Uh, basic foundations and stuff like that. So it's not like, you know how it is. You learn on the job. Yeah. You know. All right. And then um, and then you, either you JVH came to be right after or was it uh, pretty much, some bouncing yeah. around or you like got right to it? So I, like a month before I finished school, I had one client lined up and I was training uh, clients at their house. I was doing in-person adults at their house just because I had that before I came home. Gotcha. Um. You know, it was good to get some experience. And then in the meantime, I was coaching peewee wrestling, helping out there back at the high school that, that Manny and I went to. And uh, when that season ended, I got my first athlete. My first wrestler was a wrestler, which sprung to three wrestlers, to 10, to 35 athletes at another facility. I was sure. subleasing okay. for two years. So you just grew to the point where like, I got to get my own spot. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you mainly just dealt with high school athletes? At that time, after about a year, I was still doing, for the first year, I was doing in-person personal training at people's houses Yeah. Uh, as I was building up the athlete clientele. And then once that got big enough, I just cut that off for the probably the first five, six years. I didn't deal with any adults. It was just all athletes. Okay. Did you, uh, do, do you prefer um, adults over like teenage kids or? So today? Yeah. Like. I still like training the athletes, but I also really enjoy the adults. 
asked me that five years ago, I said, hell no. Yeah. Athletes only. Athletes only. Like, I can't be around that. But, you know, times change. I'm is getting it, is older, it, and I got two kids, and I'm a dad now, so I guess I'm, I'm adulting. <laughs> two kids. Uh, how old are the kids? Uh, two and five. Oh, so he's, yeah. He's, I can't believe your daughter's five. Dude, she's. Holy crap. She's a lot. She's, I love her to death. She is a lot. She's exhausted. My mom, you know what your parents always say, like, you're going to get it back when you get your own kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> parents do say that, and that's, it's, it's funny. Is it the, the older or the younger one? that? Oh, both. Get? Both? Both. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Without hesitation. Oh. <laughs> you didn't finish the question. No. Both. Yeah, I, I mean, that's an interesting um, little twist to it, because I, I I know um my brother just had his first kid, and... She's she's like him. My brother was like the saying, I'm the black sheep of the family. My brother never got into fights, never really got into that type of stuff. And then I was always the kid. Yeah, I was I was a horrible kid. Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. I've never met Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Such a small world. Such a small world. But um, do you know him? So, yeah, Manny has to tell the story. Yeah. So my uh, sister in law dated his brother in like middle school. Get out of here. So my mother in law knows Jay, knows Oscar. Wow. Yeah, the smallest world mom, ever, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a <laughs> real small world. Yeah, like things kind of come around full circle. Now I'm sitting here podcasting with this man. Um, yeah, but back to business. Back I got a business. fun fact. I was actually a mistake. I'm the youngest of four. <laughs> my parents happily. Like, Oops. My, my parents happily tell me that it's opening the family, and uh, I feel bad for them because I was a mistake, and I happened to be the worst one, the most You're difficult the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Usually the young the young one is the the one that's the problem. That was my. Yeah. That was my issue. I was the baby, so we you were know. all surprises. Is <laughs> a slip up? We were sorry, unexpected. <laughs> all right, cool. I mean, hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with having a pleasant surprise. You know, it all pans out, right? The universe always works itself out. All right, so now you you have JVH, right? You're working with athletes. Um, now uh, I kind of want to talk about um, sports specific training because I know that is a hot topic. Uh, got to do it. Yeah, we, 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 we got to touch on Kids it. It's three. Get them in there. You know, um, what is your stance on sports specific training with young athletes? Sports specific. So I think first let's touch on early specialization and then kind of segue into sports specific. Yes, sir. Let's get after uh, it. Let's define it, though. Kind of like early specialization, meaning like you're playing one sport and specializing that in that sport at a very young age. Like, you know, they start like even wrestling now. They start at like four or five years old, mm-hmm. first, second, third grade. And uh, basically, the big issue, it's not the kids, it's the parents, parents. and or coaches um, who push them to do this and really kind of seclude them to that sport and then put the pressure on them from a young age saying, like, you know, we want to get you a scholarship, which is understandable because of how expensive it is to go to, you know, go to school get it. nowadays. But, you know, instead of focusing on, especially at that age, like you're playing sport for fun right to, yeah. learn, to learn and have fun and you know play learn with life friends lessons. or whatever that's yeah what exactly supposed to be yeah and that's just like throwing on the back burner from day one which is the biggest issue not that there's not any you know pros to it mm-hmm. it's good if if an athlete stays committed and and you know can also in, enjoy a social life growing up as a young kid and you know get involved in other things and have hobbies and not be so tied down to this one sport they're going to have a better skill set, knowledge of the game. They're going to develop all the other qualities that any athlete would from from playing, you know, one sport or three sports. Mm-hmm. But the drawbacks are just, I don't know, it's too risky to, as far as how the parents act with this early specialization issue. What is it? What is a big problem you run into with the parents? So, 
it's really because I coach high school wrestling, and if if the uh, if the wrestler, I'll just go wrestler specifically because I see I've seen it so many times over the years. Uh, you know, if they're starting to get, if they are starting to show signals of being burnt out, you know, in high school, ninth, tenth grade, it's too late. It's too late. It's below the surface. It started years ago. And you know signals. It's easy. It, I could I could see it from a mile away. I mean, they they have low energy. Meanwhile, they're a kid growing up. They're doing really well in the youth or in middle school or mm-hmm. even you know maybe ninth, tenth grade level. And then they kind of plateau from a skill set standpoint. Um, they start getting like you know a real bad attitude. Or they're uncoachable. Uh, you know, they're just very negative. The energy is low. The effort's low. Yeah, you can just see it in their body language start making excuses and it's like it, it's it's really hard to bring them back and then all of a sudden the, the parent is really getting after him because you know how it is um in high school sports at that time you know it's getting very competitive so you know the parent thinks more let's do more let's let's go to this club let's go lift and do your sports specific do a specific wrestling workout with this strength coach over here uh which is a whole nother situation but now now as a coach ladder as a coach, when does it get like when does it get to a point where you have to step in and say, "Hey, listen, I think you're running your kid into the ground. These are the red flags. This is this is what I'm seeing. I think we should do something." When does it get to that point? And have you ever stepped in and say, "Hey, I need to pull the reins in a little bit because you're you're riding your kid way too hard." Yeah, all the time, and it's you know it's it's tough it's it's touchy, right? Because I'm a parent now. Like I I would I would be you know a little upset if somebody told me how to raise my kid, but. At the end of the day, if somebody's coaching, it doesn't matter what sport, especially in high school, you know, or a youth level, they're coaching because they care. Like they're not doing it for money. I'll tell you right now, they're not doing it for fame because you know it's 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 not going to get you famous. Yeah. Unless you have very good social media influence, like Manny would love. <laughs> Manny would love to troll on that coach, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're doing because they care about the kids. Yeah. Um, and parents will forget that because they get caught up in it and they'll get upset. You know, I've, I've had it taken so far where I've had kids more than one ask me to call their, you know, mother or father. Oh, shit. And then I'm like, man, this is bad. So that's really uncomfortable, man. Yeah. On the one hand, though, that says a lot about you that the, that the, uh, the kids are asking you to reach out to their parents because they trust you. Yeah. You know? But I, in swimming, that was like my primary sport growing up aside from baseball, and um, it was huge because you would do a swim meet every weekend. You'd travel all over the country, and these kids would plateau at, like, 13, 14. And the parents were like, well, you were the best three years ago. Dude, Why are you not the best still? You're in my head right and now. Would, yeah. So then they'd do the same thing. They'd be like, well, you need a personal trainer. You need to do this. You're going no. to this camp. I've these, spent this much money on you, so you have yeah. to do this. For t- it's funny that you say that, right? Uh, I used to coach uh, I coached high school football for a little bit, and you hear parents say that a lot. Well, you know, at the old level, he was one of the best players, but now he doesn't seem to be excelling, yeah. right? And so my thing, I, would, I always used to tell him, is like maybe he peaked or she peaked or whatever the case may be. I mean, you got to put that into consideration. And it's, you know, it's, um, it's one thing that, the kid burns out, right? Because I can now he's, you know, just from listening to him, I can, I can pick up what he's saying. But at some point, maybe you have to ask the kid, do you do you love what you're doing? I mean, or do you or are you just going through the motions because I want you to That's be at this I point? Baseball. I was a catcher. You know, it's like being a catcher in Houston in the summertime. <laughs> it's fucking miserable. You have fucking full gear on. 
and it's 120 degrees, Ugh. and you're just like, all you do is sweat, and you squat down. And you're playing double headers, you're traveling on weekends. I was over that shit so fast. And I was now, good. I could have been really good at baseball. And I was like, got to high school, and they were like, you got to pick one. And I was like, well, fuck baseball, because I don't want to sit in that gear again. So I'll go in the pool where it's nice and No, that makes sense. Fine. I'm curious as to, and John, you could probably answer this question. Um do you think a lot of these parents even played sports in high school and even understand like what they're asking of their kid? Great question. Depending on the sport, I think like, you know, if you have a football player, chances are the father played football, you know, or other sports is probably more likely specifically to wrestling. A lot of them didn't or they may, you know, they might have done it for a year or whatever and it's those tend to those tend to be the tough ones, especially if their dad was like legit and then their son that's that's one of the tough things that I think parents don't realize that they do to their kids is having them try to walk in their footsteps. Yes. Or you get the parent that was a bum, right? <laughs> and then they live vicariously through their kid because their kid's super athletic. Because then they now push the kid to the point where the kid doesn't even want to play the sport anymore. As I've seen that. There's but a higher like, percentage of that. Yeah. Like sure. nine times out of ten, dad was trash. Fucking picking splinters out his ass, and then now yeah. he gets his kid. You get to go to the block party and brag about your kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My kid fucked your kid up in the field yesterday. <laughs> what's what's that, Bill? But yeah, it's shut the your truth. mouth. My it's kid the truth. beat up your kid. It's the truth, man. Because like it's I'm happens, totally right? sure that's I can't what even happens. like. I wish I could laugh that's about it. It's hard to laugh because like older. I've been stuck in those circles, like with you know with the mom and dad talk. And I'm just like, this is painful. How do I get out yeah, of this dude. situation? <laughs> I mean, because I, I see that shit so much. Like, there's that one dad that's like, yeah, my son. And then you look this dude up, and he was just like, special teams, never did anything, just trash. Yeah. And then, he, you know, he's trying to tell his kid how to, you know, go out there and, and, and play the game. And I'm like, bro, let your kid do what he does. I mean, the coach knows best. You know, you have to think about – and that's another thing, too. I'm, I'm just talking about from the football aspect. It's like you got to figure out what's best for the team. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, like, your son may not fit the system, or if he's in the system and he's working well, then let the coach coach. Because you know that always happens, right? You get that one parent who's like, hey, Leon, let me talk to you for a second. Why are we not throwing the ball on third down? Why are we not doing this? Why are we not doing that? Because I'm the coach. Gosh, how often does that do you happen? Know, I was, do you know what we call them? Dad coaches. Yes. And it's not just dads, by the way. It's it, Moms, moms do the same wild thing. out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. And uh, just, just to uh, so happy right now that you're just lambasting people. Get him! I love it. Get him! This is what this episode is going to be. We're going to be trashing people today, bro. It's not even. uh, Yeah, we're doing that, but like, it's so real. I'm getting so fired up because I see this like literally on a daily basis for the last 12 years of coaching wrestling and and other sports. Um, And on a side note, uh, I find that female athletes, especially younger ones. They are 20 times more disciplined, more committed, yes. coachable. It's like, it's scary, the difference. They don't, they don't complain. And mm-hmm. they don't, like, and even in the gym, you know, we have a lot of girls in the gym. They work harder. They pay attention. Yes. They focus. Like, you know, I, I'll, I'll coach them up, whatever sets, reps, here's a technique, and they'll be like, okay. I'm like, wait. So Less of an you ego, actually, too. You listened? You, you, yeah. you knew? And meanwhile, the, the guy, you know, the boys or whatever... Like, oh, I'll tell them five seconds later, how many? What? What am I doing? What yeah. extra? How many? What? Where yeah. am I going? Yeah. Well, we we notice the same about thing. With weightlifting, yeah. specifically, it's like the girls are way more, and women 
are way more into the technique and mastering it as a skill, whereas us guys load that bitch up. Let's go. Yeah, no, we I got that. I got it. Yeah, I got go, that. bro. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, let me tell you, that was the the most uh, humbling experience I ever had was coaching JV girls basketball. Um, because I didn't realize. So I I've always coached dudes. You know what I mean. I had I had uh, varsity football. I had JV. Um, so. I had to coach a certain way. So with guys, you could be a little bit more like rough around the edges. And um, the one thing that I learned right away that the girls would listen immediately. It's, like if I told it was just like, all right, listen, I need you guys to do this, this and that. And they're like, OK, coach, we got you. Cool. No problem. And, and I'm like, oh, shit, they're actually applying it. And like, there was no egos. Yeah, there was no egos. Like with guys, like I had this one kid. I'm not going to say this dude's name, but he swore that he was something that he obviously wasn't. OK. <laughs> And he would go out there and try to do everything with, like, flair. And I go, bro, you're dropping basic passes because you want to look good. It doesn't look good when you're dropping a pass. Do me a favor. Put your hands up, catch the ball, and then tuck it in. Try to back him that right. stuff. Oh, man, this dude tried to. He thought he was Odell, and then he, like, high step like he was prime time. I'm like, bro, you're killing us. You got to earn that. You got to earn that, so. exactly. And it wasn't that the kid wasn't talented. is He just was doing way too much. So stop trying to be an entertainer and just be an athlete. He was Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Willie like Mays, for those of you who don't know nice the movie Major Hayes. League, never don't ever fucking, fucking do it again. So, if, so Well, also, you never know who's going to catch that on IG. Somebody might be taking a video. I could post that up. Man. <laughs> that shit has... I coached football for a few years, high school. And one of the reasons I had to stop is because the kids cared more about what they looked like Thank you, dude. than actually winning. I couldn't like, do it. I couldn't do it better. anymore. You know, like... I watched a kid spend 20 minutes trying to Odell Beckham a ball instead of catching it with two hands. And the kid was a, a you know phenomenal receiver. He had the skill set. Jay, I wasn't doing it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I have bricks for hands. Okay? Dude, I, it, it just it, it killed me. And it's like now I'm, I'm listening to you guys talk from a coaching standpoint, and I'm like, oh, I'm not the only person that went through this and watched it. And that's why I lost the love of coaching because the kids weren't listening. You know what I mean? And then I had on top of that, the kids aren't listening. And then you have parents say, hey, well, well, why is my kid sitting out? Why is he? You really want me to tell you why? Or, or would you like me to candy coat it? Because I'm a straight shooter. Well, check this one out. So I was coaching at a, at a high school in Connecticut, water polo. And we beat a team like 30 to 2. I didn't play this one kid very much. Mm. Parent comes up to me after the game. Why did uh, so-and-so only play like three minutes? I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll try and get him in the rotation, try to be PC. And they kept fucking going at it. They're like, listen, your kid can't swim up and down the pool. He literally has to stop, catch air, and, like, we're down on defense now because he's still, like, floating on the other side. Like, he's a liability. Like, that's why. Why are you talking about me, Cam? That was you. (laughs) (laughs) You're scared of the pool. I ain't scared. I might drown. But why is it that the parent does that is my question. They, they think they're helping their kid, right? They mm-hmm. think they're trying to push him in this direction. And, like, all this stuff is so much more evident to me now as a father. You know, cause, and, like, my thing now is, you know, the athletes I coach, I'm going to coach them like I want to teach my kids. You know, yes. I'm, I'm going to do, you know, what I think is best for them. Uh, and, you know, they, they tend to think because they invested so much time, energy, and effort in their kid mm-hmm. that they have a say. Or they, you know... I get it. Their kid deserves 
to play more or they should listen to them and do everything they say. Well, and everyone's kid is the best kid. Everyone's kid is the best kid, and that's why it's... The smartest, the fastest. Yeah, so... The best. I mean, the most handsomest. The most handsomest. It's, yeah, it's... It's funny, but not kind of sad. Like, the angle some parents will take to try and, like, get into the coach's head. They'll, they'll come from... They'll come from left field, uh, you know, through the grapevine from people. It's crazy. Mm. And like, but they have they they are strategic. They they premeditate that shit. I'll tell you that. Now my question, um, and so as a coach, right? So this is what I, this is what I've been raised to believe. I the kids who played more than one sport were the better athletes versus the kid they tried to specify in one sport. Yes, one thousand percent. Do you guys agree with that? One thousand. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I I always felt like um, I don't know. I think sport usually translates. You know, if you can, if if you're a pretty good baseball player. I often saw that baseball player play football pretty good, and he was like a track guy. And you know, when he ran track, he was breaking records or doing stuff. Um, I I feel like, I mean, I'm a little older. Like I said, I'm 37, so it's like I see the kids now. They only they'll they'll play one sport and they play that all year round. Now you start to see more injuries, um, and then you didn't really not saying that kids weren't blowing their knees back out. You know, back in the day, but. Um, do you feel like these guys playing one specific uh, sport leads to one burnout and B just breakdown of the body? All right, let me go in. Yes, right now, please. Because Didn't all right, so you already said it, injuries, overuse, right? So you're playing the same sport. It's, it's year round, literally, and like the travel teams are tough because the kids they got to pay a lot of money, and then like the travel coach is making money by you know having this team, so they force them, you know, do the next season, the next one, the next mm -hmm. one. And then, you know, they, they also do school and they're not training. So, you know, this kid, you know, guy or girl, doesn't matter what sports playing for X amount of years, you know, six, seven years and they're in ninth grade, but they're frail as anything. They are, you know, getting, they're having overuse injuries, non-contact injuries. Yeah. They're fragile. And then like mentally, like, I don't know. They become uncoachable. They 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 get the sense of entitlement. Like I've been doing this for so many years. Why do I have to listen to you know this coach? I, I know better. Do you think that that's them trying to like? That's like a defense mechanism because they know that they're not no. up to their potential. Well, yeah, so they're maybe like, they're like, yo, I'm not coachable because if you actually coach me, we'll all know actually that I'm not as good as I <laughs> used to be. Maybe for some, I think more so. It's like. Uh, you know, what do you know that I don't know? You know, I, I, I can, yeah. I've been doing this for so long. Like, I don't, I don't need you kind of thing. And like, they'll also get that. Cause like the travel coach will pump, you know, pump their ego to keep them coming back and paying for next season and next season. And then, you know, they don't want, God forbid they go to a strength coach and actually do some strength training. Yeah. So what happens is like most of those athletes, uh, they're underdeveloped because they're just playing their sport. Right. And a lot of it is like, they're trying. They're the coaches are trying to coach them up on getting faster. You know, you got speed kills. You got to mm -hmm. be faster. Speed kills, love it. And they, they just say that, right? They just say, it, like, let's go faster. Let's do the drill over. Let's do it again and again and again. But like, if you're not developing your body from a strength standpoint, you're not gonna get faster. Yeah. To get to be fast, move fast, and get explosive, you need to get stronger. Period. So, yeah, and they're not having any of that or very little. Um, you know, strength and conditioning outside of playing their sport because it's year-round. There's no breaks. Yeah. There's no breaks. And then, uh, you know, they, they, they do. They start to resent coach, mom, dad, friends, and it's just a bad spiral, and it's really difficult to stop.
It's really difficult. Do you, do you think that also having so many people talking to you plays a role? So mm. they've got you mm. in the weight Good room. Good question. They've got a travel team coach. They've got mom, dad. They've got their high school coach. They've got Uncle Sam. Yeah. Who, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Jimbo. Sam, the government got to do with this shit. I li- yo, dude, <laughs> you know I I'm literally, saying, like, yeah. I literally, they, the kids, they tell me, they're like, yo, like, you know, Uncle Joey is so annoying, or my dad is so annoying. I don't even want to go home tonight. Like, it's, it gets that bad. It's, it's. Yeah, because now they've got like ten people trying to tell them, like, have you been doing this? Yeah, are you doing this? That's the Why worst aren't you doing thing this? to do. And they're like, fuck this, it's man. It's the worst thing to do. The the best overall athlete and happened to be a wrestler that I ever coached to this day. His parents, they did everything. You know, they 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 showed him the path. They didn't force him on the path, right? Mm-hmm. He he did he trained with me for years. He you know, he did he started wrestling at a very young age and he, and he continued to do it, but they all their role was was encouragement. They encouraged him, they supported him. And that's it. They left it as that. He's the best most accomplished wrestler I've ever coached. Um and that's rare. You know, the dad, the mom never were like, "Hey, why don't you do this? You got to do none of that." Just supportive. And you know, never like the thing I've been watching my son do this, you know, wrestle for twelve years, I know you know I know this. None of that, none of that. Did the parents wrestle? No, and all they did was be supportive and and, and encourage. And like, if he needed a break, they gave him a break. That's wow. the biggest thing. That so That's some Phil Jackson stuff right there. Yeah. No, for real. Like even like the young kids, like they forget their kids, right? So like the best solution, let them be a kid. Yeah. And then like you know say like. If you don't want to play this season, don't play. Like, you know, as far as a travel team or whatever it might be, let them decide when they want to come back. Go play with your friends. Go be a kid. Yeah. When do you think it's appropriate for the parent to actually give them a push? Uh, when the athlete says they want to make a, 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 a strong commitment to, you know, accomplishing whatever it might be. Got it. A so state it's championship gotta, or getting so it's when it's start, accountability. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so it starts with the athlete's with the decision athlete, and not the parent's decide, decision. Yeah, and then at that point, the best thing to do as a parent, you know, or a coach, is just tell them, okay, that that's that's great. I love that you have that goal. I will support you. I'll encourage you. I'll help you whenever you need it. But I'm also going to hold you accountable. So if you're not working hard enough, I'm I'm going to tell you. You know, that's a good a good teammate would do that. A good coach would do that. A good parent would do you know that sort of thing. And that you know that's that's when you should do it when the athlete comes and says they want to make that commitment. It's got to come from them. If it, if it does, I mean, the bottom line is, if it doesn't come from the athlete, it comes from the parents trying to push them. It's very hard. It's very hard to get them, you know, to that level if they don't really want it. So, can you can you elaborate on why doing multiple sports is actually more beneficial? Oh hell yeah! yeah. So that's right. That's right. Where so that first off, like mentally, emotionally, get a break from your you know your main sport or whatever, and uh, you know you're going to develop better uh, movement quality because you're going to be you know performing different activities and. You know, also, like, in today's day and age, you're, you know, they're not playing outside as much, right? Grown up, they, the kids don't play outside as much. So, like, if they play another sport, like, that can take that place, mm-hmm. you know? So, just getting more activity. Um, and then it kind of uh, reinvigorates their their passion for the sport they truly want to play for, you know, over the long term. Uh, also, like, <clears throat> they get an opportunity to... Uh, communicate with a different coach, maybe a different style and learn something else, be in a different environment. So it's not just this monotonous, like practice every day, the same thing, same drills for the same sport. That right there. And the first thing that you said are so underrated An emotional break, like 
doing the same sport and the same practice, the same routine, it's a grind. And if you're not ready for it or if you're too young and, like, that's when you get that resentful. But same thing, like, you get different coaching styles. So now if we're talking about a kid going to college and they're going on recruiting trips and talking to coaches, they're going to end up at a better place that fits them because they're going to be like, I like the way that guy or girl coaches because that's me. You know, I respond better to the encouragement than I do the drill sergeant. And I've had everything, and I know looking back, I'm like, I didn't live up to my potential with the drill sergeant because I fucking hated it. I didn't want to listen to it, you know? But it takes time to learn that, but that gives the kids a, a chance to kind of, you know, figure it out for themselves. So it's not too late. And also, like, if they're playing another sport, that's not their best, their main sport. They, they're forced to, like, kind of adapt and be, you know, maybe the worst one on the team. And now I have to work hard and adapt in a different way. You know, it's like, it's, it's like uh, for me, like, I like to be around high-achieving people like you guys, right? I want to be the, the dumbest guy in the room. That's mm-hmm. how you get smarter, right? It's the same yeah. kind of concept with these athletes. Be, you know, get in a place where you're not the best or you're, you know, you're not the most experienced. And then you just become a better person, better athlete overall. Yeah, I feel like a lot of parents actually try to hide that from their kid. They're afraid of hurting their fragile little feelings. And <laughs> yeah. uh, instead, they want them to be the best at everything instead of being the worst at something well, and working cool hard too. Sometimes it's good. Be a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to <laughs> suck, man. Because like you said, that big big fish in a small pond theory is like, uh, I knew a kid that, you know, in our town, he was, he was legit. So you put him around some big dogs and, you know, he went to a school he probably shouldn't have went to. And because everybody was in his ear, man, nah, man, you're legit, bro. You can run with these guys. Meanwhile, he's playing with a bunch of dudes from South Florida, Texas, California. There's and always somebody bigger. And yeah, there's always somebody bigger, faster, stronger, tougher than you are. And D3 guy playing D1 yeah, ball. And he got lost mm-hmm. in the sauce. You know what I mean? And it, it, it was sad to see because it's nothing better than seeing like a hometown hero you know, go to a big university and everybody from back home was like, oh, this kid, he did it, man. You know, he defied the odds. You know, nobody really came out of Yonkers like that. And the kid went, you know, went to a legit school. But my man was uh, got a first team uh, <laughs> left pine. B. He was just <laughs> never got on the field. You know what I mean? And Equipment it's because, manager. Yeah, dude. Oh, I got, a, I got hurt. So, you know, I had a... And, and that's the problem. It's like people get in your ears. You know what I mean? And they tell you, you, you know, you're probably, you're, you know, it's not that the guy wasn't good, but like you said, big fish, little pond. And when you get to the next level, you got to understand now there's people from all over the country that were the best where they were from. And sometimes the level of competition in these other places are way better than the town that you came from. Yeah, When you realize that, too, you have a decision to make. I'm going to work my ass off and, you know, get to that level or I'm going to feel sorry for myself, make excuses and. So you know, is- that's my sob story. So I, I, another fun fact, I was in eight on the depth chart when I got to Westcon, an eight. Wow. What does that mean? <laughs> I was eight, eight string. Yes, eight, oh. eight string. Eight seven other guys were playing before he was. Mm. After two weeks after camp, I was a two. Behind right. a fifth-year senior, midway through the season, I started getting playing time. All right. Could, so I, I, I got to ask this, right? So what do you think was the, um, the defining factor that helped you go from that eight to two? Were you a student of the game, or were you just one of those guys that I will not be outworked? I will fucking die out here before I let somebody outwork me. Were you one of those guys? Yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. It motivated me. I was like, "What the fuck?" And it was the first day we didn't even practice yet. And, you know, they just had that based off film or whatever. So I'm like, "Nah, 
no way, no way. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not happening. I had a coach tell me that one and time. I, uh, Hard that's work how beats talent. Coaches. He never lets people know how well they're doing. He's like, yeah, that is okay. true. Man, he's a son of a bitch and when then, it comes to that. Nine out of ten times, they're like, all right, fuck you, then. I'm gonna do it better. Mm-hmm. And he gets what he wanted. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is like I, I got that from my parents. My dad, and my mom raised me that way. Mm-hmm. You know, just, we're talking about the opposite. You know, how to not raise your kids or or whatever as a parent. So it's hard for me to truly understand how they they do that to their kids because I was raised the opposite way. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a testament to who you are as a person. You know, going from eight to two on that depth chart, oh, that's solid, bro. That was a gut check, dude. Yeah. I was like, damn. I, I had a brief 30 seconds where I was like, yo, I'm out. Fuck this. I'm an eight. Hell no. Um, and I saw my dad's face on my shoulder. I'm like, yeah, right. Dad, dad won't <laughs> let me come home. Dad won't <laughs> let me come home if I just quit. Now, so uh, this is one question I always ask coaches, right? Because um, I had a coach tell me this uh, at one point. He said, um, hard work beats talent any day. Do you feel like the guy who becomes the student of the game and then um, because we had this on the episode before we were talking about, um, you know, what makes the the great ones great? You know, yes, it's talent, but also you have to become a student of the game. Um, So my question is this, right? Do, Do you feel that as a coach, right, you see that one kid, right, that one kid who has doesn't really have the greatest skill set, but he just busts his ass. He's the guy that shows up first, leaves last, puts the work in. And then you have a kid who just kind of just shows up and with his God-given talent, he gets it done. As a coach, what do you feel is more – which of those two athletes is more coachable and which one's going to go farther? The one that works hard every single day that shows up. And that's personally I, – uh, I enjoy that. Uh, I, I consider that a win, a success from a coaching standpoint because mm-hmm. – that kid is going to be that way for the rest of his life or her life. And, I mean, the lessons you learn in sport, I'm big on this now, especially as I'm uh, adulting, that they, tr- you know, they transcend that sport, the field court mat or whatever, to, to, to life. You know, work hard, discipline, commitment, you know, resiliency, overcoming adversity, all these things. You know, if you're not showing up working hard every day because you want to be there, mm-hmm. You know, you're either going to quit or you're going to be the talented guy that constantly has to be reminded how talented he is, yeah. his potential, that he has to continue to work hard and do these things, even though he was a youth state champ when he was seven. He has kid to keep beast. doing it. <laughs> you know, it's, it, you know, because yeah. talent only gets you so far. Yeah. And like you said before, you alluded to it earlier with, you know, the college athlete. It doesn't matter if you're D3, 1, 2, whatever. The next level, everybody was the best at their school. Yeah. yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is so. that is a fact, man. Uh, I had the pleasure of um, interviewing Keith Evans today earlier, and uh, my man played at Auburn, but he went he went to a small school in like West Palm. He's from uh, Florida, Southern Florida, and uh, it was interesting because when he was coming up, you had guys like Fred Taylor running around, and you know Fred Taylor had two good hamstrings. I think he probably would have been one of the greatest running backs the NFL has seen, but he was you know. Had a lot of injuries and, and, and that kind of slowed his progression. But he did, you know, the, the one thing that I took from that conversation is uh, he said he had to learn how to suffer. And I think a lot of kids get away from that because there's a process to this. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're just not you're not going to just show up. And because you were that stud in whatever school you were from, 
that doesn't give you the right to earn that starting spot because there, you know what? There's three other studs that are on this depth chart. Now, who's going to be the alpha and who's going to take that one spot? And and not and it doesn't necessarily mean that the guy on the one spot is the best guy. Maybe he just worked harder than you. So you know, and w- when I listen to guys who were were at that level and they talk about these things and like you know, being the first guy on the field and the last guy to leave, that does translate into greatness. And I think people lose sight of that. But the one thing that they don't really put emphasis on is like when you get that fucking gut check, you got to start to do like a self-assessment. It's like, all right, man, do I fucking walk away or do I put my big boy britches on and get after it? And I think as a coach, you have to remind your athlete that, hey, listen, man, not every day is going to be a great day. But you gotta you gotta remember that you gotta show up every single fucking day and put your best foot forward. You also have to remind them that I don't care how talented you are, you still have to work just like everybody else. Yes. You know, my sophomore year of college was the best team that I ever played on. We were a top twenty team in the country, and we had talent everywhere. Mm-hmm. We also had a lot of kids who knew that they were talented, slacked off. They didn't push it on sets. They didn't hit the weight room hard. You know and through the end of the season, we were favored to, you know, make it to the East Coast Championships. Did not happen. We barely even got to the tournament, you know, because talent only gets you so far. Yeah, Guys weren't willing to work, you know, and I was having uh, beers with one of my old teammates a few weeks ago. And we were literally talking about that team. And we were both like... He was that was a, a team years, that could have been, huh? We were, he's a couple years older, and he was like, one of the best teams I've ever been on. And we didn't do shit. Yeah. We didn't do shit. It's not we worse had, like, than that. We had like four guys that just... Shit the bed. Yeah. No. You know, their their conditioning showed. They got tired when at the end of the season, you're in shape. You should be in shape. Yeah. You shouldn't be worried about being tired. Yeah. That's just not an option. You know, when you get tired, you miss passes. You get lazy. You miss shots. You, you misread everything. You know, I'm sure it's the same in wrestling. You get tired. Now you're not thinking, all right, that shot sucked. You know, oh, he shot at me. You know, mm-hmm. now... I'm on my back. Nice I don't thing's a different do. animal. You though. just lose all your will. Yeah, you can see it. I mean, you just can continue to get pummeled. There's one no, of no one's gonna stop. It's it. called uh, breaking uh, a wrestler. Yeah, one one of the uh, coolest things I like seeing uh, in uh, wrestling is watching the uber talented and lazy kid uh, just get beat by the highly untalented workhorse and uh you you'll you'll see the talented guy run up the score like 10-0 in the first period pretty much on his way to like a tech fall or a pin but all of a sudden you see the hard-working guy just continue pressuring and pressuring and pressuring and all of a sudden talented guy starts to lose a little bit of confidence gets taken down breaks a little bit the hard-working guy smells the blood in the water like a fucking shark yeah and then boom come behind victory 2015 in a wild match <laughs> It's yeah. some of the coolest shit you can ever right watch. I feel, I have, I, sh- shit, I've been deprived. I haven't been in a corner coaching. <laughs> I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about a matches. Mats. We can drink a couple oh, beers shit, and go wrestling. Man. Listen, man, I'll pull up the mats right now. Like, I'm not scared. Only if Jay does. I was, nah, I, listen, I rolled around. Fuck it. <laughs> um, Honey, I was, I'm not coming home tonight. <laughs> I was actually uh, uh, reading the other day. So, uh, Will Carano signed to uh, oh, yeah, Iowa, man. Iowa, man. That's sick. Yeah. And so I, I was doing my due diligence, and I didn't. So Trolling? I just recently started. Yeah, you know, because I, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and they were talking about Iowa was like a premier program in the in the nation. one of the best in the country, exactly. Yeah, and I didn't know this. 
and the history. You got this of little wrestling. kid, yeah. So I didn't. This kid from from Putnam Valley is is signing to go over there, and I'm like, holy shit! Do we we have monsters? He's out only here a like junior, that? right? Uh, no, he's a senior. Oh, he is a senior. He's a senior. So, um, so like from a from I so I know I know I know nothing about wrestling. I'm starting to get into this. So when you see, um, well, first off, is Putnam Valley that um, notable that they would put pull um, talent like that? No. Um, uh, that's yeah, very rare for uh, yeah, yeah, for a section, yeah, for a small school section one wrestler, it's really rare. But I will say that that school, Putnam Valley, blue collar, hardworking, uh, really good coach. Um, you know, they always produce some pretty tough kids. And uh, uh, Will, I mean, his his dad's the coach. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, you know, the kid's been raised on wrestling, but uh, Coach Carano, his dad. Never force wrestling on him, he like just, he he, he, just he fell didn't. into it. Yeah, I mean, I because I talked to Chloe a lot, his sister. Yeah, um, who's a fucking yeah, yeah, she's a beast. Yeah, she she's a <laughs> crazy good athlete, dude. That entire family. I was just gonna say the yeah. whole family. Seems the to be whole family, dude. So I asked Chloe. I was like, so do you guys get more equipment for Christmas because they have like rowing machines, uh, a Versa climber, and an air bike in their living room. Yeah, that's oh, great. Shit. Just to let you know, that's like great. this is the kind of family. Um, but, uh, what was I saying? But yeah, with, uh, <laughs> gosh, totally lost my train of thought. Corona. Talking about? Corona. Going to Iowa. The Corona oh, family going to, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So bills. it's like super rare. And, uh, dad did a really good job of, of not forcing it on him because there was a point where like he started young and then didn't want to do it anymore. Oh. Dad backed off. Kid fell back in love with it. And look at him now. He's going to a division That's one school. That's what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Encouragement. Yes. Let him do it, That's man. It. But let you let him, him back off. That's huge. You know, you let him you let him take time away from the sport. Yes. Listen, and if he's the wrestling coach and he can let his kid take a, a season off, anybody can take a oh, He took off. years off. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so think, let me ask you a question. I think he started when he was like a kid and then just stopped when he yeah. was in like middle so, school and didn't pick it back up again until seventh grade or something. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You're not no, bad. No, no, what, I'm so, getting all so fired what up. Ma- what makes a Will Carano a Will Carano? That's what I want to know. He were he trains his face off too, right? Well, uh, yeah, he trains a lot, but I mean, because as because you're, you're a coach, that's why I ask. Yeah, I'm asking questions. A lot of it is luck. If, 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 if okay. when it comes to success in anything, especially athletics, the first thing is it's massive luck. Mm-hmm. So you know, luck is your ability to like to to have opportunity just land in your lap, yeah, and to be able to take advantage of it. So you know. Great genetics. Mom and dad are in phenomenal shape. If you've that ever seen them, yes. both of them, fantastic shape. All of the kids in that family, I mean, that is true. Phenomenal athletes, all of them. Um, so he had a really good base to start. Uh, you know, uh, dad's a wrestling coach and and has created a bunch of opportunities. And uh, you know, between the genetics, taking advantage of the opportunities, and a, I mean, I hear he's a workhorse. Yeah, a, well, a goddamn workhorse. If I may say so. Myself, I've I've watched Chloe die on like three workouts and then get right back up and do the shit again. Like she is a she is a workhorse, bro. Like mm-hmm. I I watch this this girl in amazement sometimes, and it's like I consider myself a pretty tough guy, and I'm pretty mentally tough. And she goes to places that I I mean it's like some special op shit when I like she goes to that dark place and will sit there. And like embrace it, and that's where champions are made. So I don't know if that shit is genetic and it runs in their family, 
because I've never <laughs> seen a girl work that hard. And I'm talking about she will run herself into the ground and then like she'll take a little breather. She writes in her notebook and then she's hitting another conditioning piece. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And like I, I sit there in amazement. And I'm like, dude, I'm tapped out. I'm also, I mean, I'm older, but whatever. I wasn't even, I wasn't like that at that age. What'd she text you the other day? Mm. Ask about, uh, when are we, when are we starting? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She had uh, texted me, uh, this is maybe like right after Christmas, right after New Year's. When are we starting double sessions? <laughs> was a text message. Yeah. When are we starting double sessions, coach? And that I was, pretty much summarizes where That's got to be a coach's at. dream, bro. When you have yeah. a, um, but also too. It's got to be a delicate balance, right? I was just glad you say, said that. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> Somebody like Chloe with her goals. What was your response? What does she want to do, by the way? She CrossFit Games. Oh yeah, really? Oh, yeah, nice. Let's so get what, after it. So, what was your response when she said that, though? My response to her was, uh, not, "Not yet." <laughs> I I said, uh, "When you're ready." Yeah, you as know. Soon, he told well, straight Jedi maybe not answer. Said this to her, but he's like, "As soon as you plateau." From one session. Yeah. Right? If you're still making progress doing one session a day, mm -hmm. we're there. What was her right. reaction to that? Yes, coach. Yeah. When they, there, was, there was no... That's rare. How many nowadays. clients have we all had that are like, oh, no, I could do more. Oh, I need more. Yeah. I need this. And I'm like, no, she... no dude, you barely, you barely got through what I just gave you. What makes you think that like now more is going to be the answer? Mm -hmm. So my question is that um, as a coach, what is the archetype that you're looking for? To like as uh, when you're when you're grooming an athlete to get to the next level. Well, we we can't groom an archetype, you know. That's just phew, luck, really. But uh, I guess what I guess what would be the more ideal archetypes? Yes, to, uh, that's a better that would satisfy that. So crusader, portion. crusaders. Uh, uh, what do they call the other one? Soldiers, Camp. soldiers, soldiers. I think because soldiers are your workhorses. I mean, yeah, they they are. Yes, sir. You know, they don't ask yeah. questions. They just do whatever you ask them. They're tacticians. Yeah. They're not going to be the most skilled, but you'll never have to worry about them quitting. Yeah, They'll go out there and give you everything that they've got. Or the one that is extremely, um, extremely frustrated and wants to change. Yeah, the, the, I always say like the gem is the disgruntled athlete. Yes. Like truly, genu yeah. genuinely, because mm -hmm. some of them will come like, oh, you know, down in the dumps or whatever, getting bullied or um. I'm so skinny and weak. I just, I, I want to do this. I really do. And then, you know, they just, their actions don't, don't follow up. But the ones that are truly genuinely disgruntled, yeah. those they're, they're fun. Cause they, they, they gain confidence in every, in every aspect of life. I have a kid. He, uh, he was scared to come to the gym for a little while. He, he doesn't play sport, but he's in high school. His, his buddy, uh, has been training with me for a few years and he's, he's done well. He, you know, he's, muscle bound now and he looks good and he feels you know he's has confidence he's get girls you know his friend so he's like nice. you know can i just bring can I, nice. can I bring my buddy you know he's a little nervous to come here because you know the gym reputation or whatever he's never worked out i'm like yeah bring him man cool let's do it kid walks in he's a senior in high school 70 pounds soaking wet oh i mean no. i'm making it up but he's like light like dude light, like light. like yeah. does he wrestle he doesn't no he doesn't do anything no sports good kid i love this kid and, uh, you know, three weeks into his first month, he doesn't tell me, the kid doesn't tell him, but his friend that brought him in tells me that he's, uh, 
he's like getting frustrated that he's not like doing, you know, barbell back squats, doing all these things with other people or whatever. I'm like, just tell him, be patient. We had this conversation when he started, a uh, thorough conversation with him and his mother. And he said he got it and he's going to be patient. Three weeks later, so he's like roughly a month and a half in, he gained 15 pounds. Okay. I'm like, so do you understand now? Sally boy, I call him Sally boy. He's like, yeah, yeah, coach, I get it. He's like, I get it. I just, I didn't realize, you know, I kind of had a little setback, you know, a couple weeks ago. And like that kid, like for me, like that's awesome. This kid now, he walks in. When he first came, he walked in like this. He's kind of behind his foot. Shoulders rolled over. He walks in now like, what's up? Chest up, like, what's up? What's up? I, I, ready. Let's Testosterone go. flowing. Let's, dude, like so, that kid. So as somebody who works with high school athletes, what's more rewarding for you? Seeing that or seeing a kid make it to like a pretty high level? Because so, they're different, right? Like, yes, I it's definitely different. I, I definitely have a lot of joy and in, in experience like that. Yeah. Something like that. Or like the, the kid that's on JV, you know, until he's a junior. And finally, like he, he keeps working hard. He has probably, you know, very little athletic ability. But he just works hard, shows up every day. And eventually he just gets like that one, you know, varsity spotlight when he's a senior. And he earned it. Like that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, those, those are good stories. Yeah, and the other side of the coin, like the, the one that, that works hard, coachable, good kid, and is at a high level, like that's a different, you know, it's a different type of excitement. But, I, you know, I thoroughly enjoy both, both sides of the coin. It's all about yeah. just showing up and working hard, man. It's like, yeah. Not, I mean, that's what know. it comes down to. I do want to bring it back a little bit um, to how to properly train your uh, youth athlete because I know we talked a lot about it but didn't uh, – I guess come to a conclusion of like, well, then we know what's the wrong way of doing things. What is the right way? way, You know, I know for us, we don't deal with like a ton of athletes, but, but we do. I mean, well, we do deal with some, but some of the most common questions that we get is, you know, you'll have um, a middle school kid parent comes in and I'm sure you get this a lot too. My kid needs to be more explosive. And then they start suggesting to me the type of exercises this kid needs, which Typically has to do with an agility ladder, a power clean, and a and and a Max box. box and uh, <laughs> I want to know what is your opinion on that kind of stuff in general. How do you train them? Do little kids need to be explosive? How do you progress them there? So all of those things are valid. You might you know utilize them training an athlete, but uh, in general. What athletes smirk on his face right now. I just, uh, dude, I could take this at so many different, different yes, directions. Yes, bitch, yes. It's like my blood is boiling. <laughs> I've had 1,000 like of those like conversations. But, when the question's uh, being asked, he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, turning green. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, athletes, they they don't need sports-specific training. So let, let's just define sports-specific, define, like, training for athletes, right? In the weight room, in the gym, when you're training, you're training to get stronger and more explosive, right? Develop power. And you do that from lifting weights or, or, you know, utilizing said that they need a blend of several methods. They don't need like they shouldn't be following a weightlifting program or a powerlifting program. They need a blend of it all. And obviously they're going to come in at different levels. You know, we kind of touched on it before, but they're like, you know, a lot of them are weak, and broken, meaning like posture issues from being, you know, curled over on their phone too much and just Mm -hmm. not getting regular physical activity, just outside play, you know, playing too much year-round sports. They're just weak and broken. They have all these injuries. I'm like, dude, you're like in eighth grade. Why do you have a list of five injuries here? And they're all non-contact. 
there's no supporting muscle around their joints. So they need like, you know, they need the calisthenics. They need some bodybuilding. They need that. For, so like we're talking just like basics. Basics. basics yeah. yeah. Basics. Like you. Meat and potatoes. Like you said before, they, the parent might suggest doing power cleans. That's great. But if your movement quality is shit and you're not strong enough to do 20 real pushups and maybe five pull-ups and you can't hinge back without horrible posture, yeah. why are you holding a bar? You're not ready yet. You have to earn it. You have to earn the right to do those type of things, right? And earn the strength, obviously, is what it boils down to. But training athletes, it's... Is that something you see a lot of other sports performance places doing? Yeah, so the thing that pisses me off the most for if it's a... <laughs> did I say that like four <laughs> times today? The thing that pisses me off the most. If you see really it, so another... Ears. So, all right. What I was trying to get across, they need a blend of, of you know, several different styles, several different styles of, of training. Um, and it needs to focus on their weakness. If they're frail and weak, you know, just get them strong. Basic calisthenics, <clears throat> bodybuilding. But my kid is the best athlete. Push, pull, yeah. He's not frail. So <laughs> if, and then if you go into other, it's so CrossFit, right? There's several affiliates, whatever, several thousand affiliates. There's several thousand sports performance facilities and, you know, whatever gyms nowadays. Uh, when I see an athlete following specifically a powerlifting program or a weightlifting program, but they, they, their sport is not weightlifting or powerlifting, and they're following that. That is not good. That yeah. is that is a recipe for disaster. It's <laughs> it's uh, they're not getting everything they need. I'll give you an example. I had a uh, there was a football player that I would train the team. Like I'd do preseason strength training at the school. Okay, he trained at a at a uh, a sports performance facility. And he's, I would talk to him, you know, what are, what are you doing at, you know, at the, at the facility or whatever. So our training was in line with, you know, kind of what he was doing. Okay. And he's like, I followed a powerlifting program. I'm like, I'm like, so did you really like, you followed a powerlifting program or did you like do squat bench and dead? He's like, no, I followed a program. I'm like, all right, this kid goes on and he's supposed to be the star running back, tears his hamstring. Oh, like Lord. week one. And I remember talking to that kid in that conversation. I'm like, all right, so. We're going to do our, we'll do some RDLs in this workout. And he's like, what's an RDL? I'm like, okay, so you're following a powerlifting program, but you're not developing your posterior chain and the muscles around, like for the big three lifts. He's like, no, I was just trying to get my one rep maxes up for these, you know, squat bench dead. I'm like, so now all you care about and all you're focused on is that. When you really should be focused on training that's going to improve your performance on the field. Uh, that is not going to. So, you know, that, that, uh, that drives me insane. Uh, and those are going to be more developed athletes, but that's not the way to go. They need to train like an athlete. Push, pull, carry, drag sleds, jump, sprint, throw medicine balls. Keep it fucking Hinge, simple. Hinge, squat, lunge. I try to tell guys that um, at work, um, you know, from a tactical athlete standpoint, you, you know, like all those things you just mentioned, so everything um, in the aforementioned statement, I try to tell guys you need to do that because that's what we do at work. And um, it's crazy because these guys refuse. When I'm telling you refuse, refuse. And it's that it's it's like, all right, yeah, it's a job. Right. But at the end of the day, you still have to perform some kind of athletic feat at some point when you get to work. And for our listeners, Jay's a cop. Yes. For, for those of you who don't know, I'm a police officer. And <clears throat> I had a situation the other night where. I was walking a guy out of the building and he decides that he wants to try to run into traffic. 
So your boy had to get into a full sprint. All right. And I know I said, listen, I maybe got 30 yards. Nah, that aerobic capacity, man. You good? Listen, man. Give yourself some more you, credit, Jay. No, but the only reason why I say the 30 yards is the 30 yards was about the distance between where we were to the street. And I wanted to catch him on grass. Oh, before you got into traffic. Be- yeah, before you got into traffic. You. I ain't trying to catch him in traffic because then I'm going to get hit. Because if he goes into the street, he's n- <laughs> that's your problem. Okay. <laughs> but what I, what I wanted to do was make sure that I, I, I grabbed him before he got into the street. And um, between my vest and my gun belt, that's probably about 25 pounds. I also had a, a book bag on. And you're and not so, a small guy. I'm not a small guy. I'm about, I'm about 210 pounds. Absolute unit. <laughs> But Somebody's the, been reading too many the, Instagram comments. The, too much Barcelona sports. The the moral of the story is I had to break into a full sprint, um, and and snatch this guy. And m- mind you, when I when we got to the ground, he was a little froggy. And I'm gonna give Cam some credit. I've been doing a shit ton of aerobic capacity. And when I'm telling you, I blew by the guy that was in front of me that was chasing him. I blew by him, and then I snatched this guy like Bobby Boucher and threw him <laughs> to the fucking ground. <laughs> Manny, Manny knew that reference. It's the oh, first one he's laughing That was great. And um, I, I I have to say it's because of the... I'll tell you right now, if, if I'm probably a year ago, I don't think I could have done that. Um, I've been focusing on aerobic capacity. Still doing my strength baseline stuff, but a lot of aerobic capacity, and it has translated into what I do um, at work. And I'm happy that you mentioned that because... A police officer is no different, no different than a, um, a decathlete. You have to be well versed in like ten events. Yeah, and I don't think these cops or first responders understand that because um, you could be at a complete standstill, which we were. We thought we had the situation calmed down. He, you know, he relaxed himself and he was walking out of the building into going to a hundred. Yeah. And it, it's funny that you mention that because I'll say this to these guys at work and I'm like, hey, you know, get out of here, get the fuck out of here. I'm just gonna, you know. I put it over the radio. We don't. Sometimes we don't have that option. That guy runs into traffic. That's my ass. He was my responsibility as he's walking out of the building. How did this man get from this complex into the street? We allowed it because you know, a one guy wasn't fit enough to snatch this dude. I don't want those kind of repercussions. So the moral of the story is, train like an athlete and yes. don't run from Jay. Because I'll catch your ass. <laughs> so let me within thirty yards. Let me ask this to the group. Do you guys think that sports uh, specific training? When when is the place time and place for that? Perfect question. Because yeah, great question. I was just literally before the podcast, I was talking to two of our weightlifters, and they were talking about how they've started doing some more like conditioning and some CrossFit. And I program for Danny, my girlfriend, who primarily does weightlifting, but I have her do CrossFit and stuff like that like three times a week. Yeah, just PRs. PR I watched those snatch. weightlifters die. Oh yeah, I saw that. And that's post car accident, serious neck injury, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So it's like, do you need to just weightlift? Or can you actually become a better fucking athlete by doing a variety of different things? You still have your like your bias towards, you know, whatever your sport is, but you've got to be touching all the bases. You know, especially like a weightlifter. Like if you're not throwing or jumping or, or sprinting, or you're not gonna be explosive. Yeah. You know, you that's not gonna translate into the barbell. You can only do so many pulls before you're like, what else do I do? Right? Yeah. I think whatever you train, it has to be really relevant to what you're doing. Yeah. But you also have to dig it 
a little bit deeper. It's not going to be the surface like, all right, in weightlifting, I do the snatch and clean and jerk. So therefore, I should only snatch and clean and jerk and do things similar. You know, you also have to think about um, how to recover best. And we know having a robust aerobic base helps with recovery. So it doesn't mean you have to go out and run you know, like a 5K every day. Yeah, I don't but need we, you to be a Spartan racer. Yeah, but but we do know that it's important for weightlifters and, and football players and people that actually need to recover, their, their CP needs to recover fast in between so they can get the most out of their training sessions to actually have some sort of aerobic base. You know, so it's, you know, you really have to keep it relevant. You have to, I think this is what separates like the, the good coaches from the great coaches is that they can recognize exactly what they need from a deeper level and be able to explain it to the athlete in a way that actually makes sense. You know, like I wouldn't throw a random Metcon at a weightlifter. It'd actually be a very specific Metcon for that weightlifter. Right. And for context, they aren't just random. Yeah. They're yeah. They're, they're all, they're all like, specific. Oh, this is going to fuck you up today. No, it's like yeah. having stuff that's relatable to things that I need. Wait, isn't that what CrossFit is? <laughs> Yeah, is CrossFit just... supposed to fuck you up? Well, maybe at some gyms I know about, but not fucking here. <laughs> you know, like I always like to think about it. It's like, oh, if I was training a football player, how would I train them? It's like a lot of like CrossFit, but like CrossFit shit that they actually need. You know, it would be a lot of the weightlifting, a lot of foundations. And, um, you know, if we're going to do a Metcon, it's going to be stuff that actually translates to the field or translates into their recovery or their training in some relevant way. Like, I wouldn't have so them do, like, a crazy – I wouldn't have them do fucking – Yeah, I wouldn't have them do, like, Murph. 60-minute oh, Yeah, God. like, I wouldn't have them do some dumbass shit like that. Um, all right, so for the athlete, you know, not – So if your sport is weightlifting or powerlifting, obviously that's sport-specific. You're going to train sport-specific. Um, for the athlete <clears> – <throat> Where were we? Oh, so like if you, let's say you have the high school baseball player, you get this a lot. It's a very common one. He's a pitcher. He's got to throw faster. Let's strap a band to his wrist mm. and have him do a throwing motion in the gym in the weight room. Let's do that. Yeah, that, that's fucking shoulder. Yeah. yeah, let's get Tommy John. That next. yeah, so like <laughs> shit like that. It's just like come, come on. Like we're like come on, and they're getting that from their probably their travel coach or maybe their their dad coach. <clears throat> or mom coach, but like, I like that, that like that's it's it's not the way to go. Like I said before, the you know for an athlete, the their time spent in the gym is to get stronger and more explosive. Until you're at a high level and you're um, preparing for some type of high performance evaluation, like an NFL combine. I trained Ooh. a guy for NFL Pro Day, and like I specifically trained him in the you know in the Vince? weight room in the gym. Yeah. For that stuff, yeah. That, that's at where, that point, that's where that's that's sport specific training in the gym. That's exactly where, like, even a collegiate football player, like, let's say, kid just graduated high school, going into college, comes back every summer to, to work with me. I'm not doing combine stuff until he's maybe going to the combine mm -hmm. because that stuff is like it's like SAT. You're literally just studying for one thing. All you gotta do is just. Ace that, and then you're good. Yeah. Right? Do you think that you get back to like basics? Because I'd be curious to see what like, well, like an NFL strength program. What are those guys doing on a regular basis? They're not doing combine stuff. No, every not at day. all. I would be shocked if that was the case. I actually looked at an NFL strength program. They're doing power cleans. They're doing deads. They're. Sure. I, I looked at. Um, sure, they're doing basic, well-rounded stuff. Yeah, Chris Gronkowski showed me his uh, his. Uh, it's like workout sheet. And I was yeah. like, oh, should I do in the gym any goddamn way? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the way that I look at sports-specific training is the only time you should really be doing it is when you're actually 
participating in your sport Thank practice. You. I was waiting for this yes. to come out. You know, so, is that yeah, like so, why am I? Why is John going to pull out the agility ladders in the gym? But isn't that just called practice? So yeah, so like <laughs> yes, practice. That's the sport. Yeah, practice. that's the only time sport specific training should actually exist. To, when, yeah, when you're to fucking get practice. sport specific like conditioning or whatever, that's sport practice. The coach should be doing that. That's not you know, it's not our job. Like you're talking about as far as in CrossFit or weightlifters. You're gonna add in, you know, some some metcon specific to them that's gonna help them in weightlifting. For an athlete, the coach, the sport coach, is doing that. That's that's why you go to practice. That's you know, and then you get the game day, uh, um, you know, game speed or whatever. It's not time to do that in the gym. It's not. It's just not. And you know what? The other side of things, especially now, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, the gym, the weight room should be an escape for the athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really good point. Yeah, like big time. I, I that's that what I always tell. Have yeah, was, totally. Was having different sports or just a different avenue or a different space to just kind of like take a step back from the field or, or whatever it is. It's no different than us as adults who are retired, washed up athletes. I go to like my for yourself, to done, right? Like I don't want to sit at home. Home is home. It's not my office. So I go to my office. That's where I do work. You know, you have to have. These different silos for you to like go and just check out. Yeah, and you know, like things need to have some some separation. Definitely, and then you know, if you're if if an athlete is getting stronger, putting on size, their confidence is through the roof. That confidence shows when they play. Yeah, yes. you know, and that's where they get it. And it's like it's amazing when an athlete or a parent or, or coach of a sport has a breakthrough. You know, when an athlete does an actual strength and conditioning program that's that's effective and sees their performance skyrocket right they didn't they didn't practice where they didn't do all their agility drills specific to their sport they didn't do a thousand more reps of that they got stronger and then they got more explosive and now they're moving fast and now their confidence is through the roof like it's ah it's night and day between the athletes that don't that don't strength train properly did you ever read uh like cal deep stuff uh yes, hundred yeah. percent. Because he he touches on all this stuff with like because he he's great. So Cal Dietz is a strength coach at Minnesota. Triphasic Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, he track right. Triphasic came up with this program, um, but he works with track and field athletes. Track and field, yeah. Really specifically, throwers, I think was like yeah, like shot put, hammer. I think so. Yeah, yes. Like that, which he is does, a super he... technical sport, and he takes his um, avatars were two guys. Same numbers. They bench the same, squat the same, deadlift mm-hmm. the same. On paper, they were the same fucking athlete. One guy threw a foot further. And he was like, how the fuck does he do that? And he's like, well, it's how he's able to distribute his strength. You know, like he has better uh, reflex, you know, off of the bench. So he actually can produce more power in a short amount of time. You know, but it didn't have anything to do with throwing technique. It was all about strength development. You know, and he's picking apart that instead of worrying about well, if you keep your elbow up a little bit higher and you rotate a little bit faster, he's like, no, like let's let's look at that. And, you know, it's the same stuff. He's like, I'm not the throwing coach. Yeah. You do that stuff over there. I'm I'm gonna get you strong as shit. Yeah. That's so, my primary aim. So, coaches, stay in your lane. Well, I got one more. I got a, I got more. I got one yeah. more. But one you more. now you uh, gotta, you touched gotta. on it before. Um, you know, saying a, you know, kind of like a. A high-level coach is going to recognize certain things, right? So I had, I had a uh, offensive lineman in the gym today. He plays uh, college football. This could be considered sports-specific in the in the weight room, right? I'm having him deadlift, but I'm having him deadlift from plates, right? So he's kind of in that power position, but I'm trying to get him strong there because that's specific to what he needs to do every play, every down, right? 
So, uh, you know, it's kind of the deeper side of, of sport-specific training yeah, you can see it. Well, I in the gym. I was going to say I wouldn't call that sport-specific. I would call that being a good fucking coach. Well, yeah, exactly. But I don't, I don't need to tell him that, you know, yeah, necessarily. Yeah, it, he not, doesn't even realize that. To him, he's doing, he's deadlifting. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, to me, it's like not a sports specific thing. And I think sports, my opinion on sports specific training is it's done in the practice room. I can't and, believe it's still a thing. Like when you ask me to talk, like uh, to yeah, talk it's, about this, uh, I'm like, man, are people really you know, are people really unsure about this situation? No, <laughs> yeah, it became such a buzzword in I thought it was over. I thought that was like no. 10 years ago. I can't well, believe it's still look a thing. at some of the gyms around here that do sports specific, like that's what they call it, sports specific training. And then I just sit there. I'm like, why the fuck is this? These kids can't even press dumbbells overhead. Why on earth are they doing split jerks? Well, on the oh. flip side also, because so many people have declared that they're a sports specific or a sports performance you know, place, if you're not calling yourself that, then you're not taking it seriously. You could be the best fucking coach, and a parent's like, it doesn't say sports specific. Well, yeah, it definitely does feel like a lot of it has has to do with, like, marketing and, uh, you know, trying to wow the parent into giving them money, which to me is just straight-up dishonest and uh, makes me pretty angry when I see that because uh, I don't think you should be lying to parents. really grinds my gears when... uh, (laughs) really grinds my gears. (laughs) Boils my blood. When uh, you have to lie to parents and tell them that their uh, kid needs to be more explosive by doing agility ladders and split jerks when they could fucking barely walk and barely like touch their toes or squat. I know. I mean, we've legit lost uh, athletes because we've had to tell them, nah, your your kid's not doing hang power cleans. Numerous. Yeah. It's like this kid literally can't can't get into a hinge position without rounding his back. I'm not putting a barbell in his hand for him to power clean so he can be more explosive. You have to develop your baseline first, and yeah. then you can graduate there. I mean, it's – yeah, you know – Dude, I can't even walk into high school weight rooms because, you know, the football coaches are just – they get a program online or whatever, and I, I understand that, you know, schools can't afford to hire uh, full-time strength coaches. But they can hire you for your goddamn advice. Yeah, but, schools. you know, they're giving this program, and you see in a high school weight room, ninth through 12th graders following the same program doing – Oh, atrocious, clean squats. It just looks painful. These kids are, it's like, oh, and they'll have their phones out. They're getting excited, putting it on social media. And it's like, they have way too much weight on the bar. You know, one kid who can't even hold the barbell or hinge, like you were just talking about, that weighs 97 pounds, has 135 in his hands. He's trying to do a clean and he kind of gets it here and he rolls it up his stomach and his chest and he gets to his shoulders and he posts it on uh, Instagram and he gets a thousand likes. So it's, He's getting better. God, I want a thousand Clearly, likes. he's getting better. It's just, it's, oh, it's torture. <laughs> Been there, done that. It's torture. Yeah. Jay, you don't count in this conversation. <laughs> I know. Son of a bitch. I got a thousand views on a video once. And you were stoked, huh? I was pretty happy. <laughs> All right. So my, my, uh, my closing question, um, since we have three coaches in the room, mental toughness. Can you coach it? Are they born with it? What's your outlook? It's largely it's largely innate. Largely yeah. you were born with it. Could you make someone mentally tougher? Absolutely. It's difficult. Will they ever achieve the mental toughness as someone who has it more innate? No. I, I, I don't think I can coach it to someone who naturally has it because people who are naturally mentally strong don't lose it. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like this limitless thing. It's it's a little bit different than talent, where talent only brings you too far before everyone is talented and it doesn't mean anything. Mental toughness to me is like a it's, it's yeah. 
it's such a different beast. Mm-hmm. And when you meet someone who's mentally that strong, it's so rare. I mean, I've, I'm trying to think of how many people I've coached that are like mentally like fucking I will die. I think I only know one person. Name them. Kalina. The oh only God, person yes. I know that will fucking die and not complain. Even my most mentally tough athletes, I've I've gotten them to break a little bit. And and you know their limits. And then that's when you train them to be mentally tougher. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think that I think that's it. I think there's you can improve it, obviously. Yeah. But it depends on where you're starting from. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Hook was saying earlier, like if I can get a kid who has zero talent, but he works his ass off, like I'll get him better, but he's still not going to be he'll, a stud. He may never be the best. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But he'll be better than where he started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And like, that's where it goes. So like you take a, a Will Carano or a Chloe Carano, like they're bred different. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. just different straight up Built before they even walked different. in here. Well, not that Will trains here, but like, Chloe was different before she got here. Yeah. Has she gotten better? Sure. sure. Absolutely. Well, she started way ahead yeah. of the pack. Yeah. You know, Huge but baseline. You can take somebody from zero. If they're like, they quit in five seconds. Yeah. Over time, you can get them to a point where maybe they're at where Chloe started. You know, but they're now they're just still so far behind, you know, somebody else. Yeah. yeah I mean. Damn, dude, it's 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 tough. Well, what's fascinating I, about mental toughness is that uh, there are so many levels to it. Yeah, and so I I mind. fucking love to 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 test it on myself like constantly. <laughs> you know, at least once a week, I, I I'll do a workout called like, "Are you gonna quit workout?" And I'll just do something that I don't like just to see how long it takes before I start saying negative things to myself. How many workouts have you quit relative to CrossFit? And do you uh, remember them vividly? Uh, two. Do you remember like what the workout was? Yes. When you quit? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, do I you want me to tell you about it? I, 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 I do not have to go into that. But same thing. Like I can count on one hand the number of workouts. I remember the movement, the loading, exactly when yeah. I was like, yo, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, like I'm, I'm done. And that's He's it. Out, yeah, there, there's something that's really. Like random training day. It wasn't even like a competition. It was just like. There is something that is so weirdly satisfying about um, breaking yourself. And and I think uh, it's a rare trait, and it's something that I've wanted to do really recently because I've been grappling a lot late. Well, not lately, but I I got back into grappling, and something that I wanted to do was I wanted to stay on the mat and have people come in and out every minute, fresh guys come in every minute, and – and I stay in the whole time just to see how long it takes for me to say I'm, I'm good. Like I just want to do it. That's actually why wrestling. Because if, if I'm in that's that mental lineup, training, right there. well, that's actually I'm why I invited you to do a weight cut with me because I wanted cut. to see if I would break. I don't want to do a weight cut. Well, a if anyone time. here wants to fucking do it, man, I'm down. I'll I'll do I spend so much time gaining weight. I'll do I don't it. want to just turn around and fucking lose it. I'll do it. Fuck I just want to see if I break, man. That's anyway. Enough about me, John. What do you got? I agree with that. That it's innate. At the highest level, I think it's also learned like from a young age, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like little things like, uh, you know, having your kids be disciplined and understanding uh, how to be persistent. You know, it's uh, could be starting when they're three, four five with certain, you know, certain things and, you know, teaching them that they have to earn 
whatever the lollipop like i already taught my daughter this stuff and she's five like how to earn it and then make her realize that she doesn't just get it yes. because her effort sucked like wait if you, you don't do- get participation ribbons in your house oh yeah there's zero of them so like <laughs> what she, would you do she, if your kid brought home a participation she, she's been doing this since she was metal. three like she, she'll ask me now daddy you know can i do a chore i want to earn some money for my piggy bank hey. like yeah but you know you just every time you do a chore to earn you know money in this case but it could be anything uh you have to do it to the best of your abilities and uh if it's not good enough you don't get anything and you have to go back and finish it but you still don't get anything so the, those little kind of Gosh, things I love that that, 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 yeah. that is a, you know a part of of mental toughness and uh you know, also like for the person that is maybe the older, you know, athlete or adult or whatever that has some, you constantly have to go back there and you have to like willingly put yourself there. Like you were saying with your, your, your workouts, I'm huge fan. I don't even, uh, at least once your videos, dude, I like, that's nothing. I I don't even park. I don't sandbag up the hill. Dude, I don't post the ones that are like real because I don't want to be annoyed by, I don't want to be annoyed. I don't want to be thinking about a video or anything. I turn my phone off for those ones. And I have like one friend that I will invite to these workouts because I know his answer is always yes. No matter why he won't, he won't say what if, if somebody, if I invite anyone else to work out, they're going to say, what is it? No, you're, oh, you're, man. I need you're cut. This. You're off the team, but no, but I, like <laughs> I you have to this. continue to put yourself there or you lose it. Like I, there's been periods of time. I'm getting fucking to all hype, of us. Man. Like you lose it. You forget Are we about to work out. You got about to fucking go right you now. Put yourself in those deep, dark waters, man. And if you don't, you lose it. That's yeah. for sure. So one thing that we were talking about kind of pre-show was people in the military, mm-hmm. right? Their whole objective when you go to these like special ops or like the Navy SEALs, their objective when you're going through BUDS is to break, break you. you. They, the whole thing is designed to get you to quit. Because if you don't quit, you're a different human being. Yeah, that's you're, the motherfucker I want on my at team. a different caliber, right? And so I guess they're, I guess you can teach it, right? Because not every person that goes into BUDS you is this like, no, they rock, find it, right? They but find they'll, it. They'll give you little bits, and they'll get you. Mm-hmm. They'll pull more and more and more out of you. And they'll get you right on the brink of failure, and then they'll be like, "You got this." And yeah. They reel you back in just enough Listen, to get I you say to hang that on. We, at some point, we orchestrate a workout um, where we all push ourselves to the limits. We'll go up to hook spot. We'll fucking get after it. You can say we're due for a stony point. I'm down. Let's do Let's something, do bro. I mean, I I think it'd be a great way to partake in some fellowship and uh, you know, see who's fucking tough. See who's got the gonads. Not as tough as they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I've reached my limit. Yeah, I think uh, I think we hit all points, man. I, I think this was a solid episode. We got to get some insight uh, from Hulk here. And, uh, I mean, damn, I, I, I took a lot from this, bro. That's I mean, good. this was this, this to me was probably one of my favorite episodes only because we... We we got we we touched on some things that I think that we've been wanting to touch on for a while. We just haven't had the right element in the room to do it, and I think we hit all points today. Um, so I just I, you know just want to say I appreciate you coming out, dude. This was great. This was solid for me. Um, for our listeners who don't know who you are, where can they find you? Uh, on what platforms are you on? Uh, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. I'm not at Twitter in like three years. Don't even know what TikTok is. Uh, <clears throat> no, I, uh, social media. It's I've uh, Instagram, which I'm horrible at posting, um, but it's uh, at JVH Coach underscore Hoke, I think, and then the website's JVHPerformance.com. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll put that in the uh, in the description. Yeah, 
we'll get that in there. Um, you'll know where we can, where, where you guys can find us. Obviously, we're here at the coaching couch. Um, you know, we got Cam, we got Manny, and myself. So, and that'll be in description as well. Uh, once again, we thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. And if you can get a chance, um, I would really like some insight on some topics you would like us to cover. So if you can't DM me, DM Cam or Manny, and we can get in some questions. Um, and just want, you know, we want to hear what our listeners would like to hear more of. And share us. Yeah, share tell us, man. Friends. Just keep it. Tell a friend to tell a friend, man. So uh, that is our closing statements. Um, thanks a lot for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Victory Brewing Company, for not sponsoring this, but giving us beer. Ha, ha, ha.